All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. in my office and I heard a ruckus. Describe the ruckus, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? I'm in my prime. Now you're mine. Ain't it cool? First you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. Blow. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Yeah, what up? DJ Nubis. Metal Town Radio Podcast, new episode of the Hordes of Chaos. Ugh, just waking up, brothers and sisters. Basically, uh, 9 a.m. here, so I'm trying to get this out of the way before tonight's new episode of Metal Mania comes, even though that's a few hours away, but wanted to get this podcast done here for the week, and then I'll get it out in a couple of days. A lot of cool music, a lot of new music to get to today, uh, a lot of great bands, um, even in the rock block, some new stuff there that I want to kind of uh, talk a little bit about there. Most of the topic-wise, it's all movie-related. I've got a couple of movie reviews for you. Uh, I did a couple of quick reviews on some websites, Facebook and Broncos forums on these movies, but uh, I'm going to dive a little deeper when I talk about them on the show. Um... Other movie news, uh, just some various topics, and then of course, I uh, got a couple of specific bands I want to talk about a little bit when I get to them later. Uh, but this first block has got all brand new music from uh, Green Carnation, King Witch, and Paradise Lost. And here we're going to kick it off with some Green Carnation with Sentinels. Check it out. Legacy. 
Brand new record, Obsidian, that was Paradise Lost with Forsaken. Before that, King Witch and also uh, Reincarnation, new stuff from them. Alright, so one of the first movies I wanted to get to about reviewing is a movie called uh, Parasomnia. Parasomnia. And it came out in um, 2008 and somehow it kind of just went under the radar for me. I'm usually always checking out Strange and weird horror movies and sci-fi and stuff like that. Uh, it's a movie directed by a director named William Malone, which, looking at his history, he doesn't have like a lot of films under his belt, but he does have films that I'm aware of and I've seen. So like, 1980's Scared to Death was his first film, which I remember way back when. It was very creepy, like uh, sci-fi horror. Uh, he did Creature in 85, another one of those type of films. And then... He did a really great remake of House on Haunted Hill in 99. Um, I really love that film. Chris Kattan. Um, there's a slew of other great actors in it. Uh, I forget the guy that reminds me of Vincent Price offhand. But nevertheless, uh, that was a really great cover. Uh, remake of that band. A reboot of the uh, movie. I did Fear.com, which I never actually saw. But I do remember all the trailers and everything for it at the time. So anyway... This film, in 2008, uh, has got a lot of different things kind of going on, and it's not hard to follow in any way, but it's got a unique uh, approach to the topic at hand. And basically, you've got this guy who um, basically has a friend who's in a psych ward, uh, for drug and rehab, and so he's there visiting him, and before he leaves, his friend's telling him he should just still check out the psych, the, the more crazy part of the ward. So, he's walking around, and he sees, you know, these two rooms, and basically next to each other, and the first one has a, a guy in there who's chained up with a hood on, who is played by Patrick Kilpatrick, and he plays a serial killer who uses the ability of hypnotism, to kill his victims so basically he can do it either with his eyes or uh, with words he speaks over the phone which ironically the beginning of the movie Sean Young who makes a cameo is kicks the movie off by jumping off the building you know because of that so uh, then he comes to the next room and it's this girl who's laying in a bed and she suffers from parasomnia and basically her sleep disorder is she sleeps most of the time but wakes up occasionally and spurts for short periods of time. But for whatever reason, uh, Kilpatrick's character, the silly killer, he uh, has some sort of psychic connection with her through her dreams. So he's able to manipulate her any way he wants if, if she's released. And obviously he's right at this moment she's still tied to the bed and under drugs and everything else. So... Anyway, the movie just basically falls as the doctors can't really figure out what's wrong with the girl to try to keep her from falling asleep so much. So the other boy who's there, the, the lead character, now he hears them saying they want to take her away and you know do tests on her. He doesn't want that to happen. He's basically falling in love with her, love at first sight type thing here. 
So, and as all his genius, he manages to kidnap her, basically. And there's a few logistical issues with her because I know that when you're someone who's bedridden for most of your life, and apparently she was since a kid, uh, your muscle mass just isn't there. Like, she can't really do much in terms of uh, staying awake for a long period of time. She does it occasionally, but it isn't for... Like, she can literally be... Like, there's a scene where they go to the ice cream store, and he's actually introducing her to ice cream for, his time, for the first time. And she's playing with it, and then, of course, he turns his back for a second, comes back, and she had, like, fallen out of the chair because she fell back asleep. It's sort of like the... Uh, the bean from uh, Rat Race, if you remember, he had the same thing where he'd walk around and just fall asleep. That was more comedy. This is supposed to be more realistic. And But the thing is, her muscle mass wouldn't allow her really to walk around that easily because there's just no muscle there. Like, if you ever had a broken arm or uh, a broken anything and you're not able to use it for a period, even just a few weeks, like, you have to, like, re-strengthen that and get it back, but that's, like, a, a minor point, really, it's not as big deal, uh, to the majority of the story, but the movie also has Jeffrey Combs from, uh, Reanimator in there, he plays a cop, uh, this movie is on Shudder, so if you have the Shudder app, you can check it out on there, they have it up there now. Um, the cool thing about this movie, though, it's not just horror. I mean, there's a lot of great effects, a lot of cool death scenes, uh, in which Kilpatrick's character uses the girl and his the way he wants, uh, you know, as far as killing people and whatnot. So there's this, like, battle of the wills between the girl and, and Kilpatrick's character. Uh, I think his name is Byron Volp. That, that's the name of the serial killer. But, uh, anyway, uh... The movie doesn't end like kind of like how you might think it would, and it's kind of a somber ending, but yet it's not. Like, I don't want to give too much away. I want people to actually see this, but the ending is very touching in a lot of ways. But it, at the same time, just kind of leaves you vacant in a way. But uh, it's interesting, and I, I like that. I always like when I find movies that are very interesting in concept, and this movie does that. And the great thing is, beyond you know William Malone, the director. Uh, Patrick Kilpatrick's been in a shit ton of films and he's been in a lot of films that I like over the years uh, he actually started out in Toxic Avenger uh, Lloyd Coffin film um, then he was in Last Man Stand which was like another remake of an older uh, film with uh, Bruce Willis which was fan that's one of my favorite movies ever uh, he's been in um, I believe Different, a bunch of different series, Criminal Minds, NCIS, stuff like that, uh, JAG, Star Trek Voyager, I mean, he's just been in just tons of shit, he was in the movie Minority Report, uh, trying to think of some other shit he's been in, he was in Chuck for an episode, just so much shit that he's been out there, and he's always, he plays like this great villain, like, he was even in, um, Van Damme's uh, Death Warrant in the early 90s, and he played the Sandman there. He was another serial killer who was in jail one night, but just he, he always plays great villains and assholes, basically, and that's what's the great thing about him as an actor. But he's been around for a while, and he's really, really good. Uh, just for his 
acting alone is worth it for me. And Jeffrey Combs is, of course, awesome as well. So both great performances by those guys. The younger actors, the, the lead, male and female, I'm not really familiar with a lot of their work, but they're pretty damn good in it as well. So they look familiar, but who knows? I don't know if I see them in other stuff or not. All right, well, let's get back to some music. Uh, this next batch of stuff I got for you is brand new stuff by Tombstone or Forgotten Tomb, and we're going to kick it off with some new Defeated Sanity.
For a place to take care of all your automotive needs, then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics to do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you out. Alright, DJ Nibbles back with your Meltdown Radio Podcast, Boards of Chaos. Alright, so a little bit more in a movie front, not the review this time, but basically I came across this uh, article, and it was basically saying 10 suspenseful films that people generally don't watch after the first time. So basically it's like either the film like, it's so dark that they don't want to go back to it or there's something going on with the film that is makes it good but just not worthy going back for a second time with because maybe the 
subject matter is too dark or whatever, but I'm going to go through the list real quick, and then I'm going to give in a few of my opinions of films I feel similarly about. Uh, Ten, they had Requiem for a Dream. Uh, Darren Aronsky does that. He also did, um, God, what was the other film I did? Uh, Noah, I think, uh, not too long ago. Also Black Swan. Uh, nine was Irreversible. I don't think I've seen that. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I've seen that. Although I don't know if I personally have a problem going back and watching that again. Those movies aren't that bad. Gone Girl, eh, forgettable. If I don't watch it, it's because I just didn't really care for it. Exorcist, Neko and I watch all the time, more than once. So it's become almost a comedy for us now. So I don't have so much of a problem with that, even though most people say it's just too horrifying. Uh, number five was Saw. Um, again, uh, that was a good movie. Uh, just, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the Saw franchise in general. I think once you go to the well too many times, it kind of gets redundant. So, uh, I don't know if I'd ever visit that again. American Psycho is phenomenal. I'd see that many times with Christian Bale. Everyone knows my love for that guy. Uh, Seven, excellent movie. Again, I'd watch that again. That's a great movie. Uh, Great cast, Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, Kevin Spacey. Uh, just incredible, incredible film. Uh, Natural Born Killers is on this list. I don't know why I'd watch that a hundred times, no problem. And then number one, I have American History X. That one is a fantastic movie. I probably would agree that I wouldn't watch it that often or even go back to the well because it is a it is a dark movie, deals with some serious topics, and I think it's it makes people uncomfortable in general, just what goes on. It's phenomenal performances by uh, Edward Norton and I forget the other guy's name he was in Terminator 2 but uh, Edward Furlong excuse me uh, so you know some of those films I can kind of understand other ones I don't but films I would add to a list like that maybe Sallow uh, 120 Days of Sodom uh, a Serbian film uh, a movie called Internal Affairs with uh, Richard Gere uh, those are films in general that, like, once I've seen them, they're very good. At least, well, I would say Silo and Serbian, I can't really say are good necessarily. It was good seeing uh, directors that pushed the boundaries with those films, but subject matter and the execution just isn't my style of horror. And so I just kind of like, you know, I can appreciate the art that they were trying to create. Don't want to go back to that. Well, Internal Affairs isn't so much goy or anything, just... Uh, Again, another uncomfortable film. Uh, a lot of different things going on there with uh, police corruption, etc. So it's a tough film to get through. And even though it ends on a more lighter note, just a lot of darkness in there with that. So I'm curious if you listen to this podcast and you know you've got your own ideas of what movies would you know classify in that category for you. What would they be? Um, in this next block of music, I uh, got some new stuff from Percursor, uh, which is pretty cool. But I also got new stuff from Atomic Werewolf and Maze of Terror. And I'm going to speak on them a little bit because Atomic Werewolf, uh, I've actually, I know Josh from X Summer's End uh, when they were still a band. Uh, he, obviously, he was uh, a bandmate of John from Nomos. And so. You know, when he came to me a couple of years ago and said, you know, I've got this new project I'm working on uh, with some members from uh, Swashbuckle, uh, Johnny B. Morbid, Gotham Road. You know, there's a big collaboration. 
so when he came to me and I'm like, well, cool, man, it's great. I love the name. I love the concept of Atomic Werewolf. The whole thing is awesome. Uh, then probably about a year or so ago, he provided me with some demo tracks of the band. And, like, I was floored. Like, it was really fucking good. But th there was this, like, limbo. Like, it wasn't being released right away. Uh, there was talk they might hold on to the songs they had and do another record and put them out together. Um, nevertheless, they finally just got around to releasing it, which is great. Because I, I think it's really just... It's not two years too late, but, I mean, th this record is going to be one of my favorites of the year already. And it probably would have been my favorite two years ago uh, when I first heard the music. So, not sure why it took so long to kind of... Like, this band's been in a progression since five years ago, apparently. So, they were working on shit, like, way back when. And it's just now coming to fruition. And it's totally fucking worth it. I, I, it's a great band. Uh, a lot of great music. I actually have a full-blown written-up review that I have on my blog. Uh... I don't use the blog like I used to in terms of like new metal, uh, new album ratings or anything, but I still post the episodes of uh, Hordes of Chaos up on there, and of course any reviews or interviews I might have. In this case, I have a review of their self-titled debut, Atomic Werewolf, up there right now, so you can find that at uh, djnubisreviews.blogspot.com. Um, if you want to read that and check it out, I will post the link with this episode when I post it, so you'll have it right then and there on Facebook or wherever else you see me uh, post my uh, episodes for. Uh, the other band I want to get to is a band called Maze of Tor uh, Maze of Terror. Excuse me, I don't know why I keep wanting to say Torment. Uh, Maze of Terror from Peru. Uh, this is like a blackish speed metal band, um, thrashy very good trio um a, a guy named brenna i think i pronounced his name right i'm not sure what uh like i don't know if he sings in a band or drums or whatever guitars whatever but he uh, also did the artwork for their album uh they're fucking incredibly great uh in fact brenna's uh his he actually does artwork for like uh cds cassettes uh flyers so he has a site on facebook right now called uh Hydra Art and Design. So if you want to check any of his stuff, do so. Because the album cover he did for his band was fucking awesome. Uh, something to definitely check out there with that. These guys slay. So you're going to get a lot of good stuff coming through on this uh, block here. We're going to kick it off with Atomic Werewolf. Wolfman's got nards.
this is Jessica from Factory of Dreams. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. It's time to enter into our rock block in this episode. Got some a lot of new stuff for you. Uh, stuff from An Evening with Knives, Joe Satriani, uh, a band called Snatchback, and Chaos Magic as well. Uh, gonna kick it off though with some brand new stuff from Secrets of the Moon. And this record uh, was a lot different than previous stuff for me. This is a the black metal band that basically is now sort of transformed into a blackish rock or gothic vibe band so despite still having its roots kind of like in that occult stuff whatever um i kind of got like a more rock vibe from the new record which i don't want to dismiss it at all because i really actually liked it there's a lot of tunes on there that were really pretty cool uh, i'm gonna play one of those for you now to kick off this block it's, it's called he is here Secrets of the Moon.
of life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be a part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champ and flat card season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line in Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Joesburg, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar.
this is Pamela from After Dusk and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Alright, and then the rock block there, Chaos Magic, Ashes to Ashes, Faith No More there. They actually had another, well they have like, uh, right now an EP with like four cover songs and there was another one by Duran Duran, Ordinary World, that thought about going with because I really liked that song both original and the remake the cover was really good but I decided to go with Ashes Ashes that's a little more upbeat and closes out pretty nicely for us okay so for my second movie review um, is a 2018-19 movie called uh, Under the Silver Lake um, produced by David Robert Mitchell uh, stars Andrew Garfield, who was in, who played Spider-Man in Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, what else? He was in something else too recently. Um, anyway, uh, most of the stuff that he's done, like outside of this, I guess he's kind of bland, really, as far as the movies are concerned. But uh, this movie is really interesting. Um, it's got a lot of different things going on in it. Basically, the setup is it's in Los Angeles. Andrew plays a young man who is kind of like aimless or directionless who sets out on a quest to investigate the sudden disappearance of his neighbor, uh, Riley Keogh is her actress name. So, and basically, when I wrote my little review about it on Broncos Forum, you know, basically, he just came out of a, a relationship. And he was kind of like wandering nowhere as far as like his life in general. He was just there. Uh, sees this blonde girl, neighbor, who he just draws an attraction to. Finally, kind of like gets together with her in terms of hanging out one night. Uh, was supposed to come back the following night to hang out some more. And comes to find out that her and all the apartment belongings are gone. So... He, he basically, he's trying to figure out what's going on. Then he starts finding, like, hidden messages in popular culture. Like, there's this band called Jesus and the Brides of Dracula. Uh, he was breaking down hidden codes within the music. And uh, there's, like, other things that go on. Like, you know, the murder. Like, apparently, he, he saw a news clip of this millionaire guy who dies in a car crash with three uh, women. And the girl that he was with, a neighbor, was apparently one of them in there with him. So, but he starts to unravel all this conspiracy and hidden codes and, and stuff like that that leads him to a, a weird ending where, you know, he's discovering that not everything is it seems. And it's another one of those movies where the ending is kind of like a somber one. But I guess in a way it's kind of like a life lesson as well. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I just like unique films like that. Now, as far as the critics are concerned, when they saw this at Cannes, you know, they were like, you know, they a lot of them who liked it liked the originality, direction, soundtrack, which is amazing. It's like a, a 90s soundtrack. So you're going to hear like a lot of familiar tunes from that era. Cinematography is great. Uh, they thought Garfield's performance was really great. At least someone praised it. I, I've, I've read from some movie fans that thought that Garfield was just a little bit too bland or whatever again. It's one of those things. I, I didn't think he stood out, but I didn't think he was that bad either. It wasn't like anything 
none of the acting I thought was like totally mind-blowing but the, the, the script itself and the movie was quite interesting it has some things in there that I'm not sure why like it doesn't make sense to some of the other stuff that's going on that you learn about later in the film but uh, in terms of like imagery or premonitions it might make sense in that way um, some uh, critics found the script confusing, too cryptic, and lacking the substance and depth the film was aiming for. Now, that could be a little bit true, maybe based on some of what I just talked about. There are certain scenes that, when you look back after figuring everything out at the end, that, like, why did that need to happen, or why did that happen? Like, it just doesn't make sense in the context of what is finally being discovered. But... Uh, certainly worth a one-time watch, even if you're not someone who cares about films like this that much. Uh, it's interesting. It'll keep you on your toes. It'll keep you guessing to what's going on. Um, certainly something to check out. All right. Now we're going to get into some more music. And this is a block of some black metal coming your way. And it's coming from a lot of bands I like. And one of them, well, Winter Phileth has a new record out right now um it's called the reckoning dawn and this is my favorite record by them since uh 2012's the threnody of triumph so that tells you how much i really appreciate this record this this record is just fucking awesome it's one of my favorites of the year i also got some new stuff by naglfar from sweden uh this is the first record they've had since 2012 and i don't know it's taken them a while to get it out uh, didn't totally blow me away. Uh, there are certainly some good tracks on it. The same thing can be said about Sojourner, which is going to kick off our block. Uh, I actually love Empires of Ash and The Shadow Road, the first two releases from this band, a lot. Empires of Ash is like one of those perfect records for me. Premonitions, um, I wasn't totally feeling it as much as the other two. They're, again, like Nagelfar, there's some pretty cool tracks on it. One I'm going to play for you. Um, but I don't know if it really was as strong as the first two records, so that was a little bit of a disappointment in that in that arena for me. But you check it out. Uh, don't ever take my criticisms or viewpoints as the be-all, end-all to music. So you like what you like, and you guys can check this shit out. Uh, these are definitely tracks that I do like, so it's not like I'm playing anything that I feel is crappy. Uh, but if you want to check out the records when you get a chance, go go ahead and do so. Uh, we're going to get off Sojourner, Fatal Frame.
Shepard, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Alright, so just a tad bit more on the movie front. If you haven't been paying attention to the whole Amber Heard-Johnny Depp saga, um, the rumor is now that Amber Heard has been fired from Aquaman 2 now. That's just a rumor. It's not in stone. But I know that there's like a petition out there that people are signing. and it, It's really a, a crazy thing. And I kind of just going to give my input on this because it, it goes back to the double standard that we have about, you know, domestic abuse and... Uh, sexual harassment and stuff like this like we right now with all the shit that's going on with Me Too and all this other stuff one of the things that we're not really on the same page with is how it, how it compares or how it deals with female and male violence or sexual harassment whatever in this case you know Amber Heard uh you know, uh, had charges brought up on Johnny Depp for domestic abuse uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, there's video of Jeff Depp throwing shit or something. And But what's happened since then is we've started to find out that a lot of this is a setup by Ember to smear Johnny and to, like, con him out of, like, money for, you know, from their, their marriage and everything else. And even though Depp has kind of admitted that it was a very volatile marriage, like, the thing is, like, there's recordings and there's there's now witnesses coming forward saying that Amber is, hasn't been truthful and that she's been uh, really an instigator in a lot of this. And it's really kind of sad, like, how Warner Brothers right now is, still seems to be, like, going to bad for her when uh, Disney, when... Depp was being accused of all this stuff had dropped Johnny from doing the pirate stuff uh, now they've recently had Johnny come back into the fold because they're finding out that oh we jumped the gun so it's really kind of sad that like Warner Brothers just hasn't made a stance on this when many other uh, production companies don't waste any time with male uh, people males who are accused of these crimes you know here it is Amber's actually facing jail time could face three years in jail for this stuff and yet it's just like Warner Brothers is dragging her feet on this shit and I don't get that Uh, so many other actors male specifically have been you know dragged through the mud and their reputations destroyed their careers destroyed based off the flimsiest of accusations and here we have a woman who actually has history with even previous relationships of domestic violence simply just skating by I mean she literally chucks something at Depp and cut his finger off I mean I mean that's some crazy fucking shit dude and if that was a guy doing that to a woman that dude would be in fucking prison there ain't no way around that uh I don't know how it's all going to play out, but I just, I, I really find it interesting that Warner Brothers has decided to, like, just kind of, like, wait it out almost at this point, and it's kind of sad. You know, they really should uh, 
make a stance here and send an example that this kind of shit should not be tolerated for any sex, no matter who it is. And, uh, yeah, so that's my, uh, two cents on all that, and I just thought it was very interesting that, uh, technically there's a rumor that she has been fired, but there's nothing in solid, uh, writing yet to show that. Alright, let's just keep on going here. Uh, more brand new music coming your way. Uh, actually, this there's a band in this next block called Mean Messiah, and I was talking with Neko while she was out on the boat a little bit about them. The first song I played for, uh, the band kind of reminded me in that particular song a little bit of like uh, Fear Factory now. In that particular song, when I hit the clean vocals, it was a little bit too poppy, so I couldn't decide if I really, really liked it or not. But it was enough for me to check out the rest of the record. I think it's like five or six songs. And uh, the rest of the songs on there are more in like a Devin Townsend vibe, which seemed to work better for me. I didn't mind the first song, but the, the other ones were much stronger. And I'm going to play one of those tracks for you in this block called The Beast. But uh, it was very interesting. I mean, I, on one hand, I would say like, oh, it's really a record that I really love. But because it does have a lot of strong influence... Uh, with all these with all these other artists that I like, Fear Factor and Devin specifically, but it's kind of hard for me just to say, oh yeah, this is record of the year. But it's very good. It is. Uh, it pays a lot of homage to those those artists, and you kind of it kind of reminds me of uh, was it Transat or something like that. They do a summer thing with their Devin and Gorgira uh, inspirations, so. It, comes off a little bit too much like them but uh they have their own sound so you'll, you'll check it out we're gonna kick it off though with some new stuff from exister house of pain
Thrash Metal Band Poker Face from Russia and you are listening to Metal Tavern Radio.
Alright! From their album, Nobody Believes Me, Diabology with Defiling Innocence. And before that, uh, Cerebral Desecration to Wash Away from their record Further from the Bottom. want to thank everyone for tuning in for this episode of the Hordes of Chaos. Uh, last I talked to Neko, they are now on their way back, but it's still a couple weeks out from the ship being back in port. But... Once she gets back, she'll get back in the swings of things and being here next to me doing these shows. So I know everyone's looking forward to that. Obviously for her safe return as well. Special thanks to Scout Nice on promotions for supporting the Metal Tavern Podcast. Same with Metal Mania, Chris and Kelly Grant, Krypton Scully. Uh, if you check this out today, you will be able to catch a new episode of uh, Metal Mania tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. Enjoy, folks. Got one track left for you. Pretty cool band called Liquid Death. I think they've been <laughs> advertising or promoting themselves using like a, a can of water called Liquid Death. It's very fucking cool. This is called Fire Marketing Guy, but they should not do that this time around. Here we go. Liquid Death. Take care, all. Anubis out. <laughs>